Welcome to Yes Stripper Podcast. On this podcast, we'll talk about how classifying ourselves as workers is dangerous to society and marginalized people. We will also talk about the climate in and out of the club and all of the amazing things that sex workers do and everything else in between. This is Daisy Ducati with Yes a Stripper Podcast. Hello, Amberly. I'm really excited to be talking to you today. How are you? I'm wonderful and I'm stupid amounts of excited to talk to you. You're one of my favorite people. <laughs> You're one of my favorite people. <laughs> <laughs> this just became a love fest. I'm here for it. <laughs> So for our listeners, first, I'd like to introduce myself. I am Daisy Ducati, and I am going to be helping out with hosting on the Yes, a Stripper podcast. And this is my very first episode. And Amberly, would you like to tell us a little bit about yourself? I would love to. I also didn't. Well, yeah, that's right. You did DM me and say it was your first time on the Yes. Yes, that, that's great. I'm so excited <laughs> for you. Um. But yeah, uh, so I have been a phone sex operator, webcam performer, and independent clip creator for about, Jesus, I'm old, 17 years now. And um, honestly, wouldn't change it for the world. One of the best, uh, one of the best things, choices, decisions I've ever made in my life. And I now teach business and marketing because uh, I, I, managed to get to the top this sounds so narcissistic um but i i managed to get to the top of several different sites um not because i looked the traditional way of most of the big models that we we know that are out there but because i'm really good at hacking algorithms and figuring out why stuff gets positioned and then being able to mimic that with my own content that's awesome <laughs> that's so awesome i oh, also very nice I admire your talent. You have just been a wealth of knowledge since I've met you. I've learned so much about the online sex work realm, and I'm pretty excited to share some of that with our listeners. Um, first of all, I forgot to ask, what are your pronouns? Um, so I, I identify as non-binary, I, I, but I literally answer to just about anything at this point. Um, but I do prefer Zazir, but it they there works also perfectly well too cool well i yeah. will remember that <laughs> <laughs> if you don't it's okay with me i it happens <laughs> i will remember i will put in the effort and remember i appreciate well <laughs> you're really good at making people feel seen um but yeah so that so that's thanks me. um <laughs> What I know you've been working on a lot of uh, online workshops lately. Do you want to tell us about some of the things you've been working on as far as teaching? Yeah. So um, during this thing, that uh, a small thing you may have heard of the pandemic, um, I've become absolutely obsessed with machine learning and AI. And because um, we're beginning to see a lot of it happening in the adult industry, and um, also really deep diving into um, further into algorithms. I've always been into algorithms, but looking more into like shadow ban versus suppression. And um, I just recently did a class on social viral scores. So mm -hmm. what what every time you make a post, what is it that then makes that post get other people to see it? Is it 
um, like how, how was that determined? And so we went over from the moment you hit post, how the, how machine learning, which is how a lot of uh, social media sites and platforms now look at a post where where does that post then go to because you got if you know where your posts are going to go to then you know how to better crash for the post so that it goes on the best path and the most people see it so that um that sounds stupidly nerdy i just lost half your audience i'm very sorry <laughs> no i mean it's really valuable information i feel like social media is kind of a mystery to a lot of us and there's a lot of guesswork involved in like how to get engagement and what the engagement means. And I actually really appreciate that you're looking into the facts and science about what all that means. So <laughs> it's so funny. I'm like, and it's definitely a science. I just never think of it that way. People are like it's science. I'm like, it's I'm not, I don't have a lab coat. I need to get a lab coat. <laughs> Um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's that stuff that always fascinated me for, uh, for, for your listeners, I'll, I'll give this a little hot take, um, which was part of the class that we did. Um, when you first make a post 10% of your audience, it, it's sent to like, it's just, there's a pool. Um, if you look at like, kind of like dropping, um, uh, a drop of water into a glass mm -hmm. of water, um, that first ripple that it's shown to is 10% of your audience. Um, and from there depending upon their reactions then it's going to show it to a higher percentage of your audience if not enough people are engaging with it um then it's not going to be shown to them so on and so forth um so understanding that i think is crucial to knowing what to create what to put out there what times to put it out there and um yeah so that's a little nugget think about if you think about okay 10 percent of my people are going to see this what do I want them to do in order to get the next 10% to see it? <laughs> and how does, how do they decide like who is included in that 10%? Like, I'm so glad just a random asked. number. <laughs> it's not random at all. Um, it's based off of the people that typically engage with you first. Cause you probably notice whenever you make a post, it's the first six or seven people are going to be people that, you know, for the most part, yeah. well, unless for you and you have a, thousand billion followers but but no i think everyone has that experience like the first people that engage are usually going to be the people that you know you really really well the algorithm definitely shows it to those people but also the algorithm knows but that those people are probably people who are your friends people are going to support you no matter what you say you could be just tripping out there and they're gonna be like yes girl when you should not have said that so <laughs> So the more you engage with someone, it actually has diminishing returns on how much that engagement helps that person. Not saying don't, please yeah. do continue because it still counts. Um, but it then looks at the other people who typically like your stuff, typically comment, typically do it, but won't necessarily always do it. And those are usually the people that are in that first 10% that it especially goes out to. Um, because if the people who typically engage with your content aren't messing with that piece of content, then they're like, oh, so that was a bad piece of content. So let's not push mm -hmm. that one. Uh, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And so after that 10% sees it, like say I post a butt picture and <laughs> after that 10% sees it, how do they decide like who else to, or I guess, how do they decide like to show it to more people? Like, is it 
So science, um, <laughs> if you <laughs> or math, which I'm actually really bad at, I have dysgraphia. It's great. Um, but I have calculators and other people. It's fine. Um, <laughs> so looking at really top tier people like your Kardashians or um, other people that are really big on Twitter and use Twitter frequently, we know that their average post only gets about one to 3% engagement off of whatever they post. Now they're super viral stuff. I like to tell people don't plan to go viral, plan to go average and you'll do a lot better. Um, but, yeah. um, but most of their posts only get one to 3%. So in that 10% test, if one to three, 3% of people then end up engaging with that content. They know that that is super good content and they're going to share it out to other people, but it can dip as low as 0.5% of the people that they show it to. So if you think wow. about it in terms of how many people follow you, if 0.5% of people engage with that piece of content, it's a decent amount. That's a decent amount given when you compare it to like big superstars and whatnot. So that is what it's looking for is how does it compare with content that they know a lot of people tend to share and pass around on the average from their main big accounts. So you said you generally tell people not to try to go viral. And I noticed you said something on Twitter about that the other day also. Yeah. So think about how many times you see a piece of content that has gone viral. You do not know the person. They're not a blue check mark. And if you go to their profile, they have like a thousand followers or a hundred followers. And usually right underneath that piece of content, they're like, I don't have a SoundCloud, but like, here's a good charity, I guess. Or my other favorite one was, how did this blow up? Why is this blowing up? Those are viral pieces of content that people didn't expect to go big and as a result, it ends up making social media algorithms go, oh, this person is hot and happening. They're doing great. We're going to categorize them in a higher bracket because there's, there's look, if you look at it like a pyramid, they we're in, all in different pieces of the pyramid, depending on how our content tends to do, because the site, you have to remember social media sites want to keep people on there. We want to take them off. We yeah. want them to go buy our stuff. Which, click our links <laughs> click our links gives me money but they're in the business of keeping people on their site because more people on their site mm -hmm. more ads so on and so forth so they tend to prioritize the people that make content that make people stay on the site go through the comments and comment back and engage and whatnot so that person who blew up out of nowhere gets categorized higher in that pyramid and all of their subsequent content typically doesn't end up being quite what that one was so for the next mm. 90 days the algorithm hates them because they're like wait a second you just made top tier content why aren't you continuing to do that all right well we're just not even going to share your stuff to even the people who already follow you oh that's so that's so wild to me that like you follow somebody and you consent to seeing their content and you want to see their content and you can still not see their content because the algorithm made the decision not to show it to you. That's, that's so wild. Well, it goes back to, and yes, I agree. We have to remember that machine learning is in its infancy. Like 
a lot of the tools that are making it easier for people, someone like me, who I can code myself out of a wet paper bag, but I'm not getting very far off the table. Um, <laughs> I, I can do just enough, I can do just stuff to get into a lot of trouble. Um, but <laughs> my grandma had the great best phrases, I tell you. Um, but yeah, so the, a lot of the tools that they're making to make it easier for someone like me who's interested in it, but doesn't know like Ruby on Rails and all of this other stuff, not that it's made on Ruby on Rails. That's just an example. Um, a lot of those are pretty rudimentary and still exceptionally big, big learning curve, big learning curve. So it's in its infancy. Um, and with machine learning, we're basically trying to make a machine think like a human, but you can't do that because machine, I mean, they should make it be like an Aspie person. Mm -hmm. We still have feelings. I'm Aspie for those who don't know. Um, um, but yeah, since it's in its infancy, it's not, how to explain, um, it's not perfect. So when a machine looks at you, it's categorizing you. And a lot of times um, I tell models, this should be both comforting and also very disheartening. It's usually mm -hmm. not a person who's looking at your account and saying F you. It is a yeah. machine that just doesn't know what to properly do with you because it hasn't been trained in a way to know how to handle this issue. And what computers mm -hmm. do when they don't know how to handle the issue is they put it into a folder with a question mark on it and they, they'll get back to it when they figure it out. And mm -hmm. they don't figure it out until a human comes along and goes, why is all this, all these people in this folder? what happened? And then they have to go back through and figure out, and then they have to tell the machine, okay, would this person do this? And the sad thing is usually people just don't find that folder. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's something I've actually told a lot of sex workers too, is like, if your in a content folder? is constantly getting flagged and deleted, it's not necessarily because someone that works for the social media company decided that it was bad. It's usually because there's user reports against you and sometimes it can be just harassment and if you contest the report sometimes it'll get put back i've had a bunch of my content on instagram put back up when i contested it a hundred percent i mean i tell models that all the time too like we want it to be a person because we were angry and we want to direct this anger and get it fixed but literally it's just coders who have never well, like when I, we, we talked to the Instagram policy team, they're, they're just wide-eyed going, what, what's going on? How? <laughs> Oops. <laughs> like, um, it's, yeah. it's just a bunch of people that don't know how to deal with our industry because they don't work with people in our industry mm -hmm. who coded things in a way to stop people, not in our industry, but to stop other bad actors and then we got we got caught in the bear trap we're a panther yeah. in a place where panthers should be and they put a bear trap to catch one single bear but all the panthers are getting caught it's just mm -hmm. what what yeah <laughs> <laughs> having been a stripper in the bay area and met plenty of dudes who work for twitter and instagram i know they're not out to get us as far as i can tell <laughs> as far exactly uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, 100%. In fact, in fact, they, they even say they're like, yeah, they, they just don't know. And I like to tell people that, you know, social media sites, they're, they're not out, out to get us necessarily. They just they just don't know what they don't know, if that mm -hmm. makes sense. Um, these, these credit card companies, though, 
side-eyeing. I'm side-eyeing. <laughs> yeah. Um, Man, what's going on with the with the MasterCard is really frustrating. <laughs> no, 100%. Um, I know APEC had a meeting with them. I'm not sure if they've disclosed. Mm-hmm. I was not there. Um, okay. But they, I know they had a meeting with them. Um, I don't know if they've put their statement out yet. So I don't know if I can mm-hmm. speak on to that yet. But for those who want to know, by the time this comes out, the statement should be out. Um, but that's APAG Union um, spoke with them. I, I, the way I look at it, like, let's go with worst case scenario, because I like to tell people, if you think in worst case scenario, you're going to be perfectly fine in best case. Yeah. Let's say Visa MasterCard discover, I mean, American Express has already done it and said that no porn screw it. We're not, we're not, we don't want the smoke. We don't want the antis coming for us. We don't want new laws that are then going to affect us. We don't want to deal with it. It's not a Mm -hmm. problem we care about. If that were to happen, it's going to shake the industry. It's going to make immediate, it's going to have immediate repercussions. There are definitely people who are going to exit the industry and have to find something else to do in the interim, but we've been through this. (laughs) (laughs) not the first time not as an industry (laughs) as an industry we've been through it so many times we're a highly resilient industry anyone who's scared in the here and the now i feel you i am with you lord i'm not i'm not sitting like back here going ha 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 i'm gonna be fine no like absolutely in that basket but i also know the adult industry i mean the reason we have the internet is because of porn The internet was birthed because people found out they could get porn at home. (laughs) They didn't have to go to an adult shop and then walk out ducking and hiding anymore. (laughs) Um, And then the internet really blew up when people found out they could get custom porn. Wait, I can contact the person who made the porn? It blew up even more. Every social media site that got popular got popular Mm -hmm. because of hoes. We're the, I don't know if that's okay. I mean that in a loving way. I'm a hoe. (laughs) (laughs) I self-identify as a hoe. (laughs) I I identify as a hoe. Like, (laughs) so like they can, they can do that. But also think of how much money Visa and MasterCard makes off of us and those Mm -hmm. transactions. If they pull us now, I guarantee you they'll bring us back quite quickly because that's a lot of money. It's going to hurt them. But more importantly, like there are people in the industry that are already working on solutions for going around. There's crypto, but there's other people working on other solutions. Something is going to pop up because um, there's a phrase, you incentivize what you criminalize. Mm -hmm. So if they start making, I'm not saying that they're making it a crime. I hope that doesn't happen. (laughs) Um, but yes, but you incentivize what you criminalize. So if they make it harder for us to get it, A, our prices go up. B, um, we're going to find a way around it. And it, that is going to prove to be a very lucrative space to move into is processing for us because now it's um, finding a way to process it in a new way. Um, it'll happen. We always bounce back. We innovate. We are the trailblazers of of most of most things. And even if you look at crypto, crypto really started getting talked about more and more as porn sites yeah. started integrating it. We were one of the first industries to integrate crypto. Um, mm-hmm. And now it's on public tongues. We were the first people to do live stream. First live streams were cam shows. 
Um, yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I like to tell people the first podcasts were erotic, erotic audio. Um, so we tend to innovate. So I like to tell people, if you're worried in the here now, be worried, make plans for if this was all to be pulled out from underneath us tomorrow. And what mm-hmm. would you do? And then when it doesn't, because it most likely isn't because there's just too many players making too much money off of us that they're, they're going to stick around. Then when whatever solutions come down, we have, you'll be prepared. That was really long. I need to stop being long-winded. I'm very sorry. No, <laughs> truth. <laughs> um, um, do you have any like predictions for what might be the next payment processing solution? I know there's crypto, and there are even some porn companies that accept crypto. I think. What do crypt- you think is next? So I think crypto is going to be good for the next two to three years. Where it gets dicey, I'm not saying that it's, it's going to go away after that. It's that a lot of different coin wallets, which for those who don't know, you have to have some sort of wallet in order to pay. Um, A lot of the coin wallets, they don't want to be associated with porn, so they kick us off. Mm. Yay. (laughs) It's great. I'm so happy about that. All the happy. Um, So with that being true, I, and there are some porn wallets that are out there um, mm-hmm. and it's a newer space. It's a hard space because it's a newer space and we don't actually know all the people that are in it. It's not people who have been in our industry for 20 years that are actually yeah. going in the space. They're actually kind of newer people. So I think like the next two years, we're going to see a lot of people turning to that as they get tired of dealing with, um, Visa and MasterCard. And again, if they make it harder with Visa and MasterCard, we're going to see our customers finally giving up the ghost and saying, all right, crypto. Um, but I really do think one of the, the next ways of payment processing is we're going to end up seeing, um, a cash app that is specifically for, um, porn. We're going to see somebody that most likely is not going to be in America. (laughs) They're going to be in a more porn friendly country and they're going to create some kind of cash app type thing where we can, um, make transfers and whatnot, I think. I've seen a couple of those begin to pop up. I would name them, but I would like to investigate them more. <laughs> yeah. 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 I've I've found a few that seem to work, but I've noticed that fans definitely have a hard time trusting something new, even if it's totally solid and I trust it. Um, fans don't like putting in their credit card into a new website. Um, no, a hundred, a hundred percent. That's why, uh, like, like the one I'm thinking of in particular, and again, I would name it, but I want to know way more about the company before I start saying it looks safe. Um, I think I know enter, which one you're talking about. <laughs> exactly. Um, you don't actually enter in your credit card information. Um, mm-hmm. It connects through your phone. And so long as you have a banking app on your phone, then I'm not going to pretend I understand the magic behind it. Again, I can barely get off the, t- I can get out of the paper bag. I'm still on the table. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, um, but so yeah, like it, it actually makes it a, a lot safer. Um, but a hundred percent of what you said is that um, it's, it's, it's hard to get a guy to go to a different site, even if it's just to watch free videos. Um, much less get them to pay you in some way. But I think that if Visa MasterCard were to say no more porn, we're just, we're not even dealing with it. That is a hundred percent going to push them to be like, all right, let's roll some dice. Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> so in a way, you can kind of look at it as this could make life easier. It could make life a lot easier because we could move these guys. Anyway. Fingers crossed. <laughs> um, I, I don't want it to happen, but like it, th- that would be a benefit because um, guys are going to always want to buy porn. Um, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> Totally. We shouldn't just say, um, I guess we shouldn't just say, guys, I buy a lot of porn, too. Love yeah, it. <laughs> I definitely have a lot of buyers of all genders. Um, um, yeah, I, I was going to say, I, was, I, th- I don't know sex workers who don't buy porn. Yeah, I haven't met one. I mean, I'm sure there's someone out there. <laughs> we're, 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 we consume a lot of our own content. Is what? Well, wow, that sounds like we're watching ourselves. I guess that's true too, in a way. Editing, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I I think the I I'm not as terribly scared about the banking issues as 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 I have been in the past. Ironically, I say this as they have all these bills that are coming down, but I'm not really all that concerned because of how much they make off of us. Yeah. What do you think about what's potentially happening with OnlyFans. I know I've been seeing these news articles saying that they're possibly going to kick sex workers off. What do you Uh, think about that? There was a follow-up article where Leo said that that's not true. He doesn't plan to. But I am a business pessimist. (laughs) I'm a a life optimist. I'm a business pessimist. And um, Leo, for those who don't know, is the owner of my free cams and also the majority shareholder of, um, of OnlyFans. And, but that being majority shareholder also means there's other people that are making money off of it as well. And <clears throat> my problem is they are, they don't, they don't promote us. They don't, mm-hmm. you will not be a sex worker and be on the OnlyFans Twitter or Instagram pages. It's not going to happen. And that is no. very strategic. I work with um, mm-hmm. a lot of really big YouTubers and Twitch streamers as well. And I've seen the contracts that they have gotten in order to switch from Patreon over to OnlyFans. Um, and without breaking any NDAs and stuff, I can say that in some of these, these cases, these are very family-friendly you know, creators. They can't actually be on a platform that is uh, porn, um, super well known for porn and whatnot. So mm-hmm. with that being said, how are the two true? You don't promote us. You're going after people who can't be on a platform that's known for porn, yet we are on there. Yeah. And yet you say you're not going to kick us off. Like, I have to believe that you're going to make people make the best decision that's for their business. And I believe if the check looks like it's going to be big enough, they would actually make that decision. Again, I'm not trying to say, I'm not trying to knock OnlyFans, but it just, I, it, 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 it makes perfect business sense to make that move and say at some point I want Cardi, well, Cardi B is on there, but like I want yeah. some other huge singer that wouldn't come over because OnlyFans is synonymous with porn. I want this person. I want that person. Um, and the only way to get those people is to then get rid of the porn side. That sounds terrible. Do you think, do you think there's enough demand for safe for work premium content like that? Yeah. No, there's a huge demand. I mean, look at Patreon. Patreon yes, yeah. makes stupid amounts of money. YouTube. And look at, like, when people argue with me on this, I'm like, um, 
look at Twitch. Um, and while some they're like, yeah, but you know, that's a public thing. You're not getting private. They do have private posts. They do have Twitch uh, creator only streams and stuff like that. Those people on Twitch, most of my creators on Twitch makes 10 to 12 times as much. Um, the average person I work with on Twitch makes 10 to 12 times as much as the average person I work with in sex work. There is so there's a reason why Amazon bought Twitch is what I like to tell people. Um, there's mm -hmm. a reason why YouTube bought FameBit, which is different in some ways, but comparable in other ways. There's a lot more money on the vanilla side. And with that, uh, with that being said, um, and also think about it, how many like major porn stars do you know versus how many major YouTubers do you know? Mm. It's like this. Uh, so there's a ton of money in it. And then when you start looking at people like um, Disney contractors, so when there are people that go through the Disney pipeline and Disney isn't just the Disney channel, they have other like music yeah. and whatnot. Um, they can't be on anything that is synonymous. You will not see them on OnlyFans. You really think if Disney comes back over, over to OnlyFans and says, all right, here's a $10 billion check, but you do have to get rid of all your not safe for work content. You really think OnlyFans is going to say no to that? Would you say no to that? <laughs> That's a really good point. Would you? Oh. Like, um, oh. So knowing the money that's out there, like one Procter & Gamble contract that um, that I saw that I luckily my NDA is up, I can talk about this one. I know a creator that made a million dollars. And it, this isn't someone that, like, if I said the name, you wouldn't necessarily know them. Like, you would know them if you're in a singular niche. But yeah. she made a million dollars off of a single, um, what's it called, uh, Patreon post, where she promoted one of Procter & Gamble's products. For those who don't know, Procter & Gamble is brands like Gillette, um, most of the cereals that we eat are Procter and Gamble, so on and so forth. So she made a post for them, made wow. a million dollars. Yeah. There's wow. a lot of money on that side. So when people are like, no, they're never going to leave us. Also, looking at history at brands that build themselves off of our back and then drop us, even people who were originally in the porn industry that dropped us, mm -hmm. there's, there's a lot of precedence there. So do I think it's possible? Yes. Would I, do I want it to happen? No, but I, I just like to tell people diversify. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. That's, um, that's the same thing I always say is you have to cast a really wide net and just see what sticks and be able to adapt to changes. You do like, and it, like, I like to tell people every major platform that we're on is hot for about five years. And then after that mm -hmm. questionable things start happening. Look at mini vids. Minivids was the was the popular platform that I got made fun of for not being on right before OnlyFans blew up. I'm not I'm not regretting this decision. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, saw, I heard about what happened. I, I saw I, I, yes. I saw I saw that I peeped that early on what was going on, and I was like, hmm, I don't think that one's gonna last the test of time didn't um OnlyFans I saw doing really really well it just um and I and I I have an OnlyFans for those who wonder I have an OnlyFans it does really well I love it I get I get a bag there but I'm also very I'm critical of everyone <laughs> mm -hmm. in in light of potential changes with OnlyFans what do you think of 
with what's happening with Twitter now, I noticed this morning that they rolled out the monetization feature and there is actually an adult category. Odds. I, how to explain? Um, <laughs> I think Twitter, because it honestly, even like two years ago, they were making a lot of moves where I was like, they're going to kick us off. Like, soon and they've made a lot of changes for that um they they seem to have done i think they realized they really looked hard at what happened to tumblr and um they're like we don't want to be the other t the other t um social platform that fell after we kicked off not safe for her contact i honestly don't think that twitter would be as popular if you kicked us off um so i like that they did it but I also know that Twitter owns Square and Square is as anti-sex work as possible. And mm -hmm. unless they have two separate, separate payment processors for this, um, I, I have some reservations about Twitter that I've never actually voiced. And one of the things that worries me is there's no 2257. I could, mm -hmm. Daisy, I, I, I would never, but I'm only using you because you're here. I'm picking on you. <laughs> I could go take a clip of you and uh, say from Pornhub, I could go to your Pornhub page, download a clip, upload it to my Twitter right now. And while you could claim me for copyright, no one's asking me for my 2257. How many people, at least OnlyFans, ask you, like, they flip out if you post someone yeah. um, that's not you. They're like, yeah, we need the documentation for this to stay up. Um, every adult platform does the same thing too. So my question then becomes, how is Twitter going to handle 2257? I also know that Twitter mm. doesn't really consult with sex workers when it comes to their rules and their policies. So do they mm -hmm. even know what 2257 is? Who is the attorney that they're talking to that knows about the adult industry and the nuances? Um, mm -hmm. So I'm happy um, I would never say don't get a bag. In fact, I, I run at bags that even though I'm like, oh, I don't, I wouldn't, I ain't running that direction. I ain't going to get mad at you. <laughs> I'll be clapping yeah. you along on the sidelines, cheering for you. Um, it, it worries me. It actually worries me that it's going to make it to where Twitter is going to have so many problems with the adult sector that they're then mm -hmm. officially going to make the decision and be like, this isn't worth it. That's a really good point. And for those who don't know, a 2257 is the age verification form that is required for adult film um, or any sort of adult content. And different platforms have been handling it differently. I know it was a huge issue on OnlyFans when they had their own release form in 2257 because people were uploading old content that they had shot years ago with performers that might be retired or people that just aren't around anymore or can't be contacted. And they had old model releases and old 2257s that were just standard to their business. And because OnlyFans requires a specific one that is proprietary, then that content can't be used if the model can't be contacted to sign new paperwork. Yeah, yeah, which, so funnily enough, that rule came down because so about six months ago, MasterCard sent out, and they never do this. Well, mm -hmm. they've done it once or twice. 
Um, but it's very, it's usually they, they roll out a, these are the new rules. You, you've got about 48 hours before we come through your site and start spanking you. Um, so this time they rolled out like, Hey, we're going to have some major changes. You guys are going to have to be changing up your business structure. Here's what we're going to do. So like studios and platforms got this huge long list, but it wasn't, it, it was very vague, which is bad. Vague is bad. When they give you vague rules, you need to err Mm -hmm. on the absolute worst case scenario. (laughs) Um, And one of the things was um, talking about content rights and being able to be like, yeah, if the, so like, let's say me and Daisy did content today, my um, driver's license expires tomorrow and I signed the paperwork, she would have to have me get my new license and then sign Um, because the content was only as good as the driver's license was. Mm. Could you imagine Daisy, my heart, my heart, (laughs) when I read that, I was like, this is so bad. Like, um, you have to get new paperwork every year then. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. New paperwork every year. And can you imagine like the drama that happens in our industry? Like two people have a cat. And I was like, And then it goes back to the whole, we don't have responsibility anymore because I sign saying that you have the rights to my content, no matter what happens between me and you after that, you still have the rights because I agreed to that at the time. Mm -hmm. Um, So like, I was just like, here we go. Like, but the issues were coming. So OnlyFans decided that they were going to make their own proprietary 2257 process. Um, It is not like that on other platforms, but other platforms are talking about potentially doing it but then when we brought this up to mastercard mastercard's like no 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 that's not what we meant and i was like i don't (laughs) i don't know how to take this otherwise and they're like no no you can have your old content it's fine how (laughs) so so you actually had a meeting with mastercard about the new rules um i i sent a bunch of emails to their attorney (laughs) um (laughs) And Thank you. <laughs> like very polite, very nicely worded email, <laughs> asking for clarification because what I read through, I was like, they were trying to make it to where like we have to monitor every piece of content before it's posted. So if you submit, uh, if you upload a fifteen-minute video and say I want it to post right now, that's that's cute. You're gonna have to wait at least <laughs> twenty minutes for someone to be able to get to it and go through it. And that's best case scenario. You might be waiting a few hours. And I was like, I, I work for and having work- someone reviewing content all day, every day is just yeah, extraordinary to ask. <laughs> exactly. And like, um, for those who don't know, I also work full time for um, adult empire and we're rolling out a new um, platform. And I was like, I, we would need multiple people to do that. Um, and then when we say, no, sorry, you can't upload your, um, extremely illegal content here. Um, (laughs) then we get chewed out. Then we get yelled at because they're like, no, I should be able to post whatever I want. Freedom of speech. Go, go exercise your freedom of speech on your own website. Um, (laughs) wait, sorry. That's what we, we can't say that to people. We should should be able to say that to people. (laughs) Um, but yeah, I was like, so now we're going to get chewed out more, which I mean, we want to get that content off the site, but like, 
we're going to have to go re review through this stuff. We're going to have to upload. When I say, when I bitch about having to like get it off the site, it's not that I want it up there. It's that we're going to have to get more customer service people to handle the influx mm -hmm. of upset people. Um, we're going to have to have secondary reviewers when people appeal us taking something down. Um, yeah, no. Wow. And then we're <laughs> going to have everyone and their dog pissed that they can upload instantly to Twitter, but they can't upload to that. Yeah. <laughs> so I wrote, it's I wrote, a mess. Yeah. I wrote <laughs> a MasterCard for clarification and I walked away with no clarification, but at least I do have it in writing them saying that they don't want to make it to where content that was signed for in the past can no longer be used. Okay. Well, that's how, good to know how they're going to do that and also implement these new things. I don't know. I don't, they're telling me two plus two equals four, but I had a mathematician look at it and it said it's seven. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll see, we'll see how it rolls out, but yeah. Um, and, it, and a lot of it is a push from these anti-porn companies. And the beautiful thing is, I believe the anti-porn companies are gonna fizzle out there. Um, they're using people who are no longer in the industry. They're saying that they don't mm -hmm. want to ruin our industry. They don't want to, well, some of them are saying they want to end it, but the ones that these uh, companies like MasterCard, the one that the politicians are listening to are saying, no, we don't want to like ruin your industry. We just want to make it safer. Um, mm -hmm. it, more and more people are kind of catching the bullshit, like, wait a second, yeah. everyone you have speaking for you are like ex people from the industry. You don't have anyone yeah. who's currently in the industry speaking about what needs to be done in the industry. So I noticed some of the organizations that are really coming down hard on adult content started distancing themselves from religious ties and trying to say they're not religious organizations anymore. Yeah, because uh, there's a heavy stigma of, okay, you're just like Bible thumpers and whatnot. And they're trying to go the route of saying that it's not because of my love of Jesus. It's, um, <laughs> it's, it's a human rights thing. And that was, a as someone who also does a lot of well, marketing, publicity, same realm, someone in that sphere, I mean, good spin. That, that would be the direct, if I lost my soul and started working <laughs> for them, um, that would be a Amber Lee like move to be like, hi, so you're winning. No, you're only winning the evangelicals over. You're clearly going to need more of a base. You've been fighting this fight since the actual beginning of time, according yeah. to you, which is the Bible. Literally it started day one. Um, and we're not winning yet. <laughs> so <laughs> So we need to like not make it about dear baby Jesus and his little cradle. We need to make it about just being humans. And that's actually why they've gotten traction that they've had recently. Mm -hmm. But again, it's people are smart. They get upset over buzzwords and stuff. But it's, the thing is, the more you hear a buzzword, like I remember um, about to show my age. I was in like high school when 9-11 happened, when the trade towers got hit. And the words ISIS and the words ISIL used yeah. to scare the fuck out of me. I would not mm -hmm. want to go places. I didn't want to fly on a plane. 
I want to yeah. like take a Greyhound. Is that the next thing that's going to happen? Did money on a subway? Because people are using certain words over and over and over mm-hmm. again. But now we can talk about ISIL and ISIS. And mm-hmm. I mean, it's still not a pleasant conversation, but it is, um, but we can talk about it without having that illicit fear. So them saying yeah. words like trafficking, them saying words um, like um, sexual slavery and stuff doesn't have the same like punch because people are getting desensitized to it. And it's making people then go back and look, okay, well, you keep saying these words over and over again wait a second, everyone that you're pointing out that this has happened to are people who were in the adult. And why don't you also have people who are currently in the adult industry who are saying these same things, who are Mm -hmm. saying, hey, yeah, this is happening in our industry. I like it. How can we get it out? How come it's always just people who got harmed? You don't have any success Mm -hmm. stories that also agree with you. So now- now with the way that social media is, the, those of us that realize that trafficking is a completely separate issue can be very outspoken and yep. and speak our truth. Uh, yeah, no, they see. While I said that was an Amberly type move, they they pulled it too late. They pulled it when yeah. they post an article, and then all of a sudden, thousands of us pour in saying, "Yeah, that doesn't happen." Because like. I remember when the Pornhub thing happened. And again, I can criticize Pornhub to the cows come home. Like we can sit here and talk for three, four hours about my beefs with Pornhub. (laughs) And, but it is a platform that we can use that make us a lot Mm -hmm. of money. And it's one of the major ones. So ignoring it's dumb. I can also bitch about Twitch and YouTube too. Trust me. I can come for any platform. It's not Mm -hmm. one. Um, But (laughs) In the case when they said that there were these videos that are up there and Pornhub wouldn't take them down, I've never reported a video and had it taken more than 10 minutes on Pornhub to get taken down. I can yeah. I can name countless videos on YouTube that deserve to be taken down that I've reported mm-hmm. needing to get taken down. So I have reported things that were absolutely foul on Instagram not had them taken down things that are absolutely illegal content mm-hmm. um, no a hundred percent like i i've seen content that without without triggering anyone i've seen content that i called the cops on it the cops moved faster than instagram mm-hmm. did um yeah. so when i was reading those articles i was like okay I want to believe victims. I want to believe that if you're telling me this is your experience, it happened. I'm not, I'm not here to argue whether or what not that happened to you. But I had someone post a picture of my kid on Facebook. And when I told Facebook that is a picture of my child and I don't want it up, I don't post my kids like that on Facebook. It took seven days to get it taken down after sending in their birth certificate and my ID. Wow. Wow. But when I report stuff on Pornhub, it gets taken down in 10 minutes. And that was a long time for me to wait. I'm sitting there like, really? That's usually seconds. The hell? And I, I do appreciate some of the changes that have been made to Pornhub. I know now they require age verification for all content. So 100%. 100%. And that was one of the things that we've been screaming again, mm-hmm. being critical, being critical i'm not a stand not i'm i I like to i'm not a stand i'm not a or an enemy of of them but um (laughs) 
but yeah that's something we've been screaming forever like okay you want to do tube sites i get it it's revolutionary you're basically making youtube but for porn it's fine Mm -hmm. do it but also no one should be able to upload unless they have their ids unless you have these contracts unless we know for a fact they own it um that shouldn't be Mm -hmm. that shouldn't and then they did make the program where if we found it, it could be moved into our account. We could get paid for it. But what happens if I never wanted that out there in the first place? Just yeah. make it to where people have to have IDs in order to upload it. So um, I'm glad. And it cuts back that- on stolen content as well. Yeah, no, exactly. Like stolen content, like you can give me the money for the views, but how like, okay. So one view of my stolen content is anywhere between five to $20 on average. Mm -hmm. I didn't make five to $20 off of one view. So like if it got a thousand views, yeah, we know 90% of those guys would never have paid anyways, but you know what? Let's go with that. Let's go with the 90%. That's fine. That's what you want to tell me. That means 10% of the people probably would have paid 10% of 5,000 is still 500 which again 500 people wouldn't have found you unless it was free on the site okay well let's take 10 percent of that so that is 50 (laughs) um 50 times 10 will go straight down the middle from the 5 to 20 valuation um and we're right back at (laughs) we're right back at that five um you know we're we're right back at that 500 dollars and on 5,000 views you were not going to get you were not going to get $500 on Pornhub. So like (laughs) um, these are, yeah, but I'm glad that they made those changes. Um, And I know that they're working hard on being able to get everything back online. I still don't think we get paid for model hub anymore. Right. I don't think so. I don't think they have the processing. Do they? I don't think so. I know we can still get ad views, but I don't think we can get like, I know before we could get direct payments, we could get uh, custom orders and all that, but I don't yeah. think we can do that anymore. Yeah, I think that's still gone. I don't know when or if that'll be coming back. Um, so yeah, um, some like it, it, it's definitely making platforms realize they should probably be listening to the models. We might not. We might know how to get them not canceled. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but but yeah, uh, just oh. And that's another big argument in the trafficking debate is if these platforms and these companies actually listen to the workers in the industry, we can help point out instances of abuse and how to deal with that. It's it's a difficult, it's a tightrope. I remember I actually just like, I'm just coming out of this like mental crisis that I had um, of it's, it's that dichotomy of if you tell everybody, if, if anyone argues with you or is mean to you, um, they're a hater, you don't listen to them. Well, sometimes even if someone's screaming and they're, even if you're calling me a bitch, you might still have a good point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and you don't want to be the person who only listens to people who are being nice to you. So it becomes difficult I, for myself. It was difficult being a, um, um, a, a lesser known person in the industry, it's hard for me to get a thousand people telling me 20,000 things to do. It feels like uh, collectively. And then with yeah. working on platforms, 
one minute you have someone telling you you're awesome. The next minute you have someone telling you you're a scumball. <laughs> and a, <laughs> sometimes it's, you didn't actually do anything wrong. It's that they just, they, they didn't read an email or they don't check the email that they signed up with. So they weren't notified. Well, we sent mm. the notification, but they didn't end up seeing it. Um, I, I'm not trying to make an excuse for any platform that does that hasn't uh, who's been warned by models um but one of the biggest problems in the adult industry versus like twitch and all you know, other brands that i've worked with um is that most of them actually don't have a model advisory board or if they do mm-hmm. it's all top models mm-hmm. that's a problem because <laughs> top models have definitely problems that are very valid i'm not gonna be like oh must be nice no it sucks trust me it sucks um (laughs) but um they don't have the they don't most platforms when they're growing they grow and they pay attention to the people that are at the top when once you hit a certain point most of your money actually comes from that middle tier um, of Mm. people and so you have to develop tools and develop stuff around that middle tier and you need to be listening to them because often they're the people that see the problems before the top models who have assistance or they have and sometimes people inside that company that's handling some of the stuff we handle on our own for them so that they have more time to do other stuff so really that's one thing that melrose michaels is championing she has taken up the mantle for <laughs> is putting together a group of models to um, advise companies on um, what are they doing, where where are they going wrong, um, what are they doing right, and um, spotting potential holes before they happen. So um, that I just ranted again. I'm terrible. <laughs> <laughs> no, again, we're here to listen to you talk today. Yeah. Um, and, and I also like, I want to give advice to anyone who's like talking to a platform, be kind, even if you're pissed, trust me, there's times I've been foaming at the mouth, just, just rabid. Um, and, um, a lot of times I'll, I'll take an hour two, maybe eight, maybe come back the next day. And then I send them, um, a message and I go through, um, I'll send them a message and I'll go through like, my points and everything because they're going to hear it better people don't hear things when you're screaming at them and you'll be surprised at how many times it's just a miscommunication or or they mm-hmm. literally just didn't know they should have known though but they just mm-hmm. didn't know so <laughs> sorry <laughs> <laughs> now you're good um so a while ago i'm going to switch up subjects here for a minute. Oh, sure. A while ago, um, you hosted a panel that I was actually on with you um, about neurodiversity in sex work. And I want to talk about that for a minute and why sure. it's important to acknowledge that. Um, yeah, no, it's a, it's a thing that, so I think it's just as entertainers in general, um, you don't really hear about major actors talking it's, it's a taboo thing because when you say i'm neurodiverse um people hear damaged people hear mm-hmm. messed up um i also think people are scared of the word because it means we're not normal we don't think like other people um for example i i'm aspie and a lot of times i come off very robotic or cold and that doesn't mean i don't have feelings but i don't process things the way other people do um so 
I, I, I wanted desperately to do that panel because it was something that no one, I hadn't seen anyone talk about in the industry. Um, and we do have, we're, we, we are special needs in a way. Um, and I like to lead with telling people that I'm asking because I'm probably going to hurt your feelings by saying something very insensitive uh, and not mean it. Like the moment you tell me I hurt your feelings, I'll start crying because I feel terrible. Oh. It, well, you haven't hurt my feelings yet. <laughs> I, I've, 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 I have tiptoed, Madame. Um, <laughs> and but, but it, it in, but understanding that struggle. Once someone knows I'm aspy, if I say something that like, they're like, whoa, yeah, don't phrase it like that. Then I'm like, oh, <laughs> so sorry. Um, knowing people have anxiety makes it to where I'm. You're probably less likely to yell at that person because you know that they're, if they did mess up, then it was probably due to their anxiety. Um, we have PTSD is another one we see a lot in this industry. Um, and especially, especially in entertainment worlds, you see a lot of people that are neurodiverse. Um, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know what it is about being creative and neurodiverse, but they seem to like be married to each other. Um, they're just yeah. not telling anybody they're on the low about their marriage. We don't know why they're not wearing rings. Um, but, <laughs> but I see a lot of people in all fields, comedy, acting, so on and so forth. A lot of us are neurodiverse and we just don't talk about it because we don't want people to think we're strange. So I think it's important to normalize it. And I mm-hmm. found that when you do tell people like how you're different, people approach you a lot differently and they're a lot nicer when they're, Mm -hmm. when they're um, handling you. And um, it tends to actually make it easier. And um, I mean, I don't suffer. It creates understanding. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It takes you from being a random person on the internet to that is a person who has anxiety. So I should probably be very careful about this criticism because they're going to take it as if, the world has ended. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I, I'll say that panel was actually one of the first times that I had publicly talked about having ADHD and PTSD. And like, before you asked me to participate in that, I, it hadn't really occurred to me how important it was to share those things with my audience. And it was just kind of like a private thing that I knew and was dealing with, but I have actually spoken to a lot of people that like, it helps them to be able to relate. Yeah, I think that's important too. I think it's important seeing people like before I wrote my first book before, I mean, I was a top model on different sites, but I was just about my money. I was just, I wasn't talking to other models unless I had to. It was just tunnel vision on do my work, go home. Um, But which is also not bad. If that's you, I'm again, clapping for you. I'm on the other side of the street screaming from a neighbor, but um before I got one of the things that pulled me out of that when people were asking me like how did you get on these sites or how how did you get where you are I was like wow there's not a lot of people that look like me there's and not just look like but a lot of people who are like me there's not a lot of aspie people that are out there there's actually a shit ton there's a lot of us um (laughs) the more I talk about the more people are like me too and I'm like yes um and it, it it made me realize that um there's not a lot of people representing us out there. And until there are, we are going to um, be marginalized. Until we are, we're going to be sitting in the shed. We're in our own closets. Um, we're in our own closets. And so uh, it, it gave me the, the strength 
to be like, okay, so I'm just going to be a hot mess publicly now. Um, <laughs> I'm going to take all the smoke um, in the mirrors out, out the room and you guys can see how messed up someone can be. But also, actually, I shouldn't say messed up because these things don't make you messed up. But that's the perception a lot of people have. But you can actually get to see the person and see that I can be flawed. I can mess up, but I can also be successful. And you can also then see a person grow. Mm -hmm. So um, I think that's important. So if you are any kinds of different, please, like, if you have the strength, knit a sweater, write it, wear that bitch, like, let people know who the F they are. <laughs> yes. 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 Um, <laughs> sorry. Um, if you don't knit, I can knit it for you. <laughs> Cute. <laughs> Table knit. I'm good at it. Yes. Nice. <laughs> I wish I remembered how to knit. My grandma taught me when I was a kid and I cannot remember. <laughs> Ma'am, you get into things like every 10 seconds. You can get back on that. It can be, know, it can be your project of the, of the month. That's the ADHD. I literally have like a new hobby every week. And then by the next week, I'm over it. You made me think because you were talking about that on the panel. I actually talked to my doctor about it. I didn't get diagnosed with it. I'm like, I have a lot of abandoned projects. Like, is that eight? Mm -hmm. Is that like, am I ADHD? But I, it did. The funny thing is, it didn't make me go, oh my God, do I have ADHD? I was like, oh, who is that? Why? Like I was excited <laughs> to have like an explanation explanation for this behavior. No, it's just that I get distracted. Well, I mean that sounds like ADHD, but um, <laughs> it, it's not that. It's that I think being just creative people, we need to find different outlets sometimes too. Not diminishing mm -hmm. saying that yours is not because of ADHD. You're saying mine. And there's a lot of symptom crossover I've noticed between different types of neurodiversity. A lot of like similar symptoms. Yeah, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. Um, like the coldness. Um, who was it? Um, oh, I see her face, and I love her face. I'm terrible with names, by the way. Um, which seeing people's Me faces in their heads does not help <laughs> in cases like this. But she was on the panel, and she was talking about how she has major depression, like clinical depression, mm -hmm. and um, that she comes off very cold. And once the camera's on, she can click and be like whatever the character is. But the, once the cameras are off, she's like, and people like get upset and they think that she hates them. She's like, no, um, which that does sound like resting bitch face. I've got that too. <laughs> uh, but no, she like for her, it wasn't resting bitch face. It was, uh, it was the clinical depression. Um, yeah. And there's some crossover there because again with being Asperger's I can come off cold especially in text if I'm ever like typing to want to be fabulous like, just like these angry? strippers pay attention <laughs> it's stripper tips chances are no chances are I did not words right so yeah um but yeah that's a symptom crossover too is with is depression that you just come off mm -hmm. really cold If you, if you had to give like one piece of advice to sex workers in general, what, what would you say? Shit, I get this question a lot and I, you'd think I'd stop being stumped on it. Um, God, there's so many things. 
Um, I would say all the things. Um, I would say <laughs> the number one thing is remember we're in the entertainment industry and the mm-hmm. biggest cause of depression. Well, okay, not like cl- on a clinical level, but the biggest cause of people getting being hard on themselves is competition. And I'm not saying we're oversaturated. I don't believe in that word. It's not a word that's in my lexicon. Um, but we perceive competition. I will see Daisy post about making a thousand dollars that day and be like, why didn't I make a thousand? There's a lot of smoke and mirrors in this industry. Um, and really in every industry. So never compare yourself to someone else because a, you don't know if what they're posting is true. Um, because sometimes we're just trying to get the boys riled up, get them paying. Um, B you if they are making that kind of money, more money, more problems. Trust me, like that happens too. And, and see, that's not going to help you move forward. Um, the best thing that you can do is compare yourself to who you were yesterday. How did, how was I yesterday? Mm-hmm. What did I do yesterday? And that is how progress is made. That's a really, really good point. I know sometimes I refer to myself as a class drag queen. <laughs> Um, I love because, you. like sometimes you just have to put on that performance of I'm rich, I'm famous, I'm the top, I'm the biggest, baddest, whatever I'm doing. And Which I saw, like, sometimes the AVN. you sure did. <laughs> I saw the line. I saw your line at AVN. Thank you. I, we were, but sometimes you have to perform that to get there. You know? Yeah. No. A hundred, a hundred and thirty percent. Like again, it's there's a thing called inspect element. I was literally talking about it today. I can go in and make my bank account look like there's $3 million in it. Take a uh, screenshot and post it on Twitter right now. Everyone would believe it. Every oh, person. Wow. Yeah. I can, go in, <laughs> I can go into DMS and I can change what you said in DMS and post it what? as a receipt. Yeah. What? You, within, so in, the page, think about it this way. When you're looking at um, a computer screen, the page that you're looking at is, um, it is it, it basically it has to process to show you right so everything on there can be altered so what i can do is open up the page with our dms use inspect element which is on like every browser um so it's a free tool everyone has access to click on the area on the screen that i want to edit so your your message and i could make it look like you messaged me and said amberly i like to climb to the top of the empire state building and throw down shards of glass. I don't know why <laughs> I would make it look like that. And then I can close inspect element and it'll, that page will stay until I click refresh. Once you refresh, it goes back to the way that it should be, but I can take wow. a screenshot of that, post it. And everyone would think that you like to go to the top of empire state buildings, throw down glass. Please don't do that. That, that sounds very dangerous. kind of, that kind of capability sounds terrifying. <laughs> no, it's actually what like a lot of scammers do. Like when they're mm-hmm. doing the refund scams is they go in, you go into your bank account and then they'll black out your screen so you can't see what they're doing. And then they'll go change like your deposit. I could change my deposits and stuff and make it look like OnlyFans sent me $3 million. Wow. Literally. That's Literally. so wild. That's yeah. so wild. Yeah. So, um... <laughs> With that, like, again, there's a lot of smoke and mirrors in in this industry. So don't compare because you never know. And even if Mm -hmm. you do know, 
And even if like, that's my best friend, like I've seen it again, like comparing yourself to someone else is not going to improve yourself. So Mm -hmm. just look at the areas you can improve in today. Mm -hmm. That's really, really good advice. Yeah. But Um, no, you can do some really (laughs) crazy things with inspect element, madame. I can make it look like I'm I'm blue check marked and I've got a million followers. Is it do? Wow. It's fake. Wow. I could go go in there and change it and make it look like Jack, the owner of Twitter, is talking to me. Wow, that that blows my mind. (laughs) (laughs) That blows my mind. Um, So before we wrap it up here, I have a few really random questions. They're just rapid fire. Just answer the first thing that comes to mind. Okay. I promise not to be long questions. <laughs> okay. So if you were reincarnated as any kind of animal, what would you want to be? Tiger. Yeah. Tiger's <laughs> <pretty> cool. <laughs> um, let's see. If you could only wear one fabric for the rest of your life, what would you like? Linen. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Breathable. (laughs) Breathable, Um, stackable if it's cold. (laughs) If money were not an option and you could build your absolute dream house anywhere you want, what would that look like? Underwater in Hawaii. Ooh, that would be gorgeous. And I want like a I see-through tunnel it. when you're walking through so I can see all the, yeah. I, like I, I'm, I'm a weird one. <laughs> I would definitely come to see you. <laughs> um, and if you could have any like fantasy technology, what would you invent? Ooh, fantasy technology. Crap. Oh, why did you have to give a hard one? Um, what would I invent if I had fantasy technology? Honestly, wings, like for humans, like portable fits like a backpack yeah. that I can just and just take off. Yep. Mm-hmm. That would be fun. <laughs> I, have you heard about the guy that was like bothering the airport with his jet pack? I think, I, I think it was in LA that this was what? happening. <laughs> He was like flying around the airport with a jetpack and like bothering the airport. (laughs) I don't know if they ever caught him either. I don't know if they ever caught him, but it was like a thing for a minute. And it was recent too. That's insane. I mean, I I know this one YouTuber has a thing. It's not quite a jetpack, but like it does like lift up and maybe it is considered a jetpack, but like Oh, I hope that wasn't him. I don't think he would. He's a really sweet guy. But like, he I mean, that's to... pretty illegal. <laughs> he 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 t- he like flies from his house just to go get McDonald's. And that's so cool. Yeah, and it's like I want to be able to do that. But wow, no. <laughs> I'm gonna go look that up. Anywho, um, well, I, I want to thank you again. This meant so much, and I'm sorry we didn't do it yesterday. Thank you. This, this, this is a really awesome conversation. Oh, thank you. I hope it wasn't too long-winded. Um, and I absolutely adore everything you do. I was a, I've been a big fan for years. 
And then I met you and I became a bigger fan because you're so you're <laughs> just as genuine as you are on on Twitter. Thank you. Um, so yeah, much love. And thank you, Stripper Podcast, for allowing me to come on. This is super cool. Absolutely. And is there anything else you want to tell us about where you're at or what you're doing? Uh, yeah. So um, I actually have an, a new book coming out that I've literally not talked about any other place but here. Um, on, That's exciting. Uh, thank you. On uh, July 31st, um, it will be live. Um, and it's all about how I crack algorithms on any platform, adult, non-adult. If there's a site and I want to figure out how to get my stuff to be number one, um, the exact methodology I use for dissecting sites and figuring them out. Wow. Where's the best place to find that book? It will be on Amazon. Um, if you go to Amazon okay. and um, type in Amberly Rothfield, there's actually a follow button. You can follow your favorite authors. And anytime Ooh. they drop anything, you can get notified. Awesome. Yeah, I have your ebook about OnlyFans. It was really informative. I got it. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, thank you again. I really appreciate it. Thank you. And where can we find you online? Oh, um, AmberlyRothfield.com, but also um, at um, Twitter at AmberlyPSO, as in phone sex operator. Well, thank you so much for chatting with me today. This has been really awesome. Yay. It, I, I, the <laughs> pleasure is mine. Thank you for listening. This has been a production with Period Podcast Network. You can find out more on Instagram at Period Podcast Network, and you can follow us at Yes, a Stripper Podcast on Instagram and Yes, a Stripper Pod on Twitter. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and leave your feedback in the comments on YouTube. We'll see you next week.